welcome to the first edition of the Big Fish Gaming Podcast. Um, I got a few teammates with me here today. Um, I am as my name is Moth, as many of you might know. Um, but with me today, I have Alexander, uh, Karma's boyfriend, um, Goofy, the um, goofiest guy around, Maz, one of my favorite Australian people I know, and Wade. I'm playing my least favorite teammate. Um, Alex, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and we'll get started. Uh, yeah. So as I said, I'm Alex. I'm almost entirely a control player. I'll jam karma into pretty much any meta I can and I'm hopeless at everything else. Goofy. Hi. Uh, like Smart said, I'm, I'm Goofy. Um, I play mostly mid-range, um, hate control, um, yeah. Uh, Moss? Uh, I'm the Elites player, uh, Demasi are in every format, yeah, if possible. Um, also would like to say that Goofy is Hash, uh, Hersh's favorite person. I think we forgot that. <laughs> All right, wait. Hi, I'm wait. Uh, I'm known as basically... Our uh, one and only J4 Shen player, and after that, I don't know how the hell I do so well. I just somehow do decently. All right, well, that's the gang. Uh, we might have different members join the podcast here or there. Uh, probably mostly people on our team, but I wouldn't be surprised if we have a guest or two from time to time. Um. The poor O'King himself was supposed to show up tonight, so he might pop in at some point, but we don't have him right now. Um, we have a few things that we want to get to tonight in this podcast. Um, the first and most important thing is what lineups we're bringing to the Open or what lineups we're considering for the Open. So, Alex, if you want to give us a start on that, and then we'll just let conversation flow as it may. What did you say you wanted the... The open deck list, or the open lineups. Sorry, you're good. Um, so, that's hard because the meta has shifted so heavily in the past week. I think we're, we're definitely going to see a lot of Fizz. Fizz is still just probably the strongest deck in the meta. A lot of people are going to bring it because it's what they've been playing the past two weeks. I don't think we'll see nearly as much Karma set as we would have a few days ago. That's dropped off pretty heavily. And and Teemo, I think there will be some Teemo, probably not as much as we're seeing in tournaments, but there's going to be some of the more up-to-date players bringing it, trying to target the control lineups. Mm-hmm. I would... Yeah, to add to that, um, I think it's weird that Karma is like fading away now because I feel like we were in a point earlier this week that I kind of thought Karma was going to be back in full force, and then the Teemo thing happened, and then we're like, ah, probably, probably don't bring Karma. So lineups are definitely in a weird spot. Um, Goofy, it's... do you have the hot or wait? Do you have the hot tech? I was just gonna say, um, I feel like right now we're kind of entering a weird point where there's almost like a rock, paper, scissors of, okay, this lineup beats this lineup, but really loses to this lineup that loses to the other lineup. So 
I feel like there's a lot of different things that people can bring, but I also feel like there also has to be, especially for the open rounds, that extra air of caution solely because you never really know what somebody's bringing. Like, yeah. And, and the truth is that we're more in touch with the meta, meta than most people that are going to be playing the open. So it's really easy to like be at a point of the meta that not everybody else is at in an open format like that. Mm-hmm. Or the prep. Yeah, exactly. Um, so with all of that being said, I guess I'll throw out what I plan on playing. Um, at the moment, you know, this is liable to change six times before Saturday. Or maybe seven, who knows. Uh, but I think I'm going to go the target fizz direction. I know it's a bit of a, a dice roll, uh, but I assume I'm going to see a lot of it just because it's been a big deck since this format started. And I feel like I'm going to have to get a little lucky in an open tournament like this anyways. So I think I'll be playing Echo Jinx, which is many people know is kind of my pet deck anyways. Scouts and probably fizz myself just to play the best deck, you know. Um, I'm hoping that it'll work out, but we'll see. I'm not not known to top cut these opens, so probably not, but that's probably where I'm going to start with this uh, open. Um, wait, did you say you're, you're playing J4's Shin this open? Is that what you said? <laughs> there was a thought of it. There was a thought about it. Uh, I don't think I'm going to end up bringing it, but like at the same time, I kind of want to, just because it can do some really powerful things, and I think it has pretty good game into a lot of the meta decks. But uh, I'm probably going to end up reverting back to one of the old staples, just go back to Aatrox, Vein, Quinn, and then just figure it out from there. Because, again, it's just so... This open is has a really wide pool of decks that you could bring. And it's like, there are a top three decks, but then tier two's like 12 different decks. And you can drastically change your lineup, and you can drastically change what what you are uh, good or just completely bad into, based off of it. Yeah, that's true. Um... If you've been real quiet, you um you got to see yeah, the deck holding out waiting. on us. I was just waiting. I was <laughs> just waiting. Um, so, um, I'm definitely gonna go with Fizz. Um, now the other two has just been like I've been like going through so many decks. Oh, should I be playing this deck or should I be playing this deck? You know, some of it was Jax Orn, uh, Kaisa Garen, uh, Jinx with Wrench, um. Also, I was considering Vainchox at one point, too. But just just while Wait was talking and Ox was talking about the meta, it's just like, I don't know what to what to bring. So I think I'm settled on um, Fizz for sure. And Sam Panth. Um, I think Sam Panth is a deck that um, can be really good in, in this meta, because we can ca- we can control uh, this alliance. We have you know access to uh, a couple hashes in the deck. Um, so I'm definitely going to go with Sam Panth. 
Uh, now, third deck, I'm not 100% <laughs> sold on yet. So I'll, you guys can get back to me on that one for sure. So so what's got you uh, picking back up Sam Panth? Like, was it just one of those, you know, I um, wonder if this is good again? Or kind of what sparked that uh, thought? I, I think it's just the love of, of I have for Panth. And it's a really solid champion. Um, yeah, you can, like, not hit... Like, say, if we play aggro, we cannot hit lifesteal on him. But we all, but we have um, Youngling in there, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, and I feel like we're, like, good into the Lizalani decks because, again, we have the Hushes. We have the... Um, I forgot the name of the card. It's the four-mana unit that sounds as a unit. Uh, let me check. Uh, Blind and Mystic. We run two mm-hmm. of those, and we run two, two, uh, two Telstones. So I feel like we're really solid into the the Zolani decks. We can shut that down real quick. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we have seen Pantheon do some things in this meta with um, General Schwartz getting the top eight and um, the Master Room Terra open. Um, it was you know, Varus instead of Samira, but, like, both of those champions are really strong, so it's not surprising. Um, Definitely an argument that Varus is just better, but, you know. Yeah, Um, I think Varus is better than Samira, but the the reason why I went uh, with Samira is because we have um, not only just... uh, uh, Lodestone, we have um, I forgot the name of the equipment. Oh god. Excuse me. Um, um, Dark and Ballista. We have Dark yes. and Ballista as well. Um, so we don't have to... Yeah, we can run some equipment units, but to have access to that one mana equipment is really great, and it's really good late game as well, because the unit um, has Overwhelm. We can make it big if we want to with some of the access we have with in the deck so um that's the sole reason why i went with that over um varus i love varus varus is one of my favorite champions in this game because like i said i'm a mid-range player um so yeah so do you think great hammer is a, a um is bait then it's not worth running no i don't i think great hammer is just really bait i don't think that's good in my opinion I'd rather if run. A, if it had a darken on the other side, maybe, but it's just it's so dead, like most of the time. Or if you yeah. had something to discard with to make value out of it, sometimes maybe. But like, if you're just having to play it every time. It's kind of tough. Um, I guess the only person we haven't heard from lineup wise at this point is Yumai. So what elite piles are you playing? Uh, zero elites. That, oh no, that's the disturbing part. Uh, I was trying to work out like an elites Nico deck, um, but that didn't really work out. So, um, I've been there. At the moment, I am running Echo Jinx, um, Jackson, and I have been uh, my most recent run. I'm trying Lucian in um in Gauntlet, but. I have a feeling I'm probably just going back to a Pantheon deck. For the right. silence reason, as Goofy covered. Have you had a chance uh, to try out the new uh, Lucian 
Bilgewater, whether it be that's a lap with a... Oh. That's the one. It's it's very low to the ground. Um, it does a lot of fun things. Uh, and then occasionally you draw none of your buffs, and you're kind of sitting there going, can I just aggro them I mean, out? I guess the like part of the deck that's enticing to play, though, is you get to play the uh, Siren Song plan, but then you also have Champion Strength, so you just get to do two of them. Silly mm. things you can do in this format. So I I get the appeal. Are you run? Are you playing the Mono Lucian version or the Alawi Lucian? Uh, I was running the Mono. Um, okay. Alawi might be better, but um, for the most part, it's like the aim of the deck of the deck is to get in under, go five or six wide, and then play Champion Strength, mm-hmm. or just beat them down with Siren repeated Siren Song. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So, yeah, I wasn't sure that Alawi was bringing enough extra to it. Um, but I'm not even sure that that's... The, I, it was definitely a good deck last week, but I'm not sure it's still there this week. Okay. Um, I guess moving on from this topic, something that's similar but not exactly tied to lineups is just this meta in general. We could talk about the... Um, the menace that Siren Song has been on this format, but I think that's been kind of overdone on Twitter and Reddit and every other social media thing that uh, Legends of Runeterra is tied to. So maybe we can give some people some decks that might be a little bit off meta that we've been having some luck with a ladder. Um, I know, or maybe not ladder, even just like in your scrims or whatever. Um, I know we all kind of have decks that we've been mess- messing with that aren't necessarily stuff you see all the time. For me, exa- for example, is I really enjoy um, the d- one of the decks that B brought to Master and Terra Open and got a top eight with, the um, Jinx Nora deck. I've just been doing some disgusting things with it where I just like leveled Nora by turn six or so to start making huge dudes. Um, I guess anybody else got any off-meta decks that they want to share, just in case anybody wants to play something a little different? I mean, right now, like, I've just been playing it off and on. And it's very much a, one day it will win me at, like, 9 out of 10 matches. The next day, I'm winning one match. And it's uh, just good old Ash LeBlanc. And it's just, it's the most temperamental thing. Like, I, because I think it's good. I think it does powerful things. I think that, especially right now, where we're in a meta that doesn't have a ton of pings, you know, Mm -hmm. there is a really good spot for all of those, like, Noxus cards, like Trifarian Glory Seeker. Reckless Trifarian, things like that. I think it has a good spot. But man, it can just brick sometimes. And you end up on turn four to five, you have an Ash on the board, and they suddenly have like three one drops that all of a sudden are three attack. And you're like, oh, I hate everything. This is awful. Why am I playing this deck? Why am I not just playing Siren Song? Yep, that makes sense. Um, 
Alexander, would you like to tell us about your Lord and Savior, I, Asol? <laughs> I was <laughs> waiting to bring it up, and you know, my teammates know this. I have a pet deck, which is Nora, Diana, Asol, and it's really just a Targon Invoke pile. And I think it's really good against the against most of the meta. It is really terrible against the anti-control side of the meta. So, you know, it's going to fold to Puff Caps. It's going to fold to Karma. It's going to fold to Jin. Everything else I think it's good into. I'm just... I'm not willing to bring it to the open, I don't think, because I don't like folding to what I think will be a lineup some people bring. I think some people will just bring those three decks and you know, say that they're going to run into control players and knock them out. But if you think you're going to run into a whole bunch of Aatrox, a whole bunch of aggro, I think it's a very strong deck. It has a lot of healing, it has a lot of single target removal, it's much more on board than you expect from a slower deck. And dropping Aesol on 8 is always really fun. Um, yeah. I've I've played against him many times playing that deck, and it's not fun. So if you run into him on ladder just playing that deck, I apologize to you. Um, no, no, no. You don't bring that deck on ladder because the games last 20 minutes minimum. You can't, hey, if oh, you, you play mean, long games, you can't lose that much, you know? That's mm-hmm. true. True. Yeah. Um, I mean, playing against Alex in general is not fun. Let's be honest. <laughs> Alex, has be this ten- Alex has this tendency to... Like, you'll be feeling good about yourself. Like, you'll get a few wins on ladder. You're like, okay, you know, I'm feeling good. I feel like I'm in the groove. And Alex will be like, oh, hey, I need to scrim. And I'm like, perfect. All right, let's test some things out. So then you start playing them, and you just get obliterated. <laughs> like, like, I, like oh, I need this in the my teammate on me. Oh, <laughs> scrimming Alex is the worst. <laughs> and it's I mean no this fun. in the nicest way. No, it is very fun to play against you. The but you just is... steamroll you. <laughs> the issue with me scrimming you is you play the exact decks that are good against the decks that I play. So then it's just yeah. you making sure that you beat the aggro decks that you want to beat. And I'm like, yeah, this is this is fun. Like when we uh, started scrimming at Eternal that one time, and I think we played like 20 matches, and I didn't win any of them. That yeah, that was a... As you said, it is. I love facing aggro, and it does very much. I think in general, you know, just talking about control versus aggro. I, from the control side of things, I like being the one controlling the game, right? I mean, like, it, you are playing the aggro version. If you draw well, you might beat me, but I have the opportunity to beat, to outskill you and win. And I think that does feel pretty bad to play against a lot of the time. All right, moving on, I guess. That's enough making fun of Alex for tonight. We'll do it a little next time. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about say- my pet text yet? Yeah, Ooh. that's what I was about to say. All right, go ahead, Moss. <laughs> uh, well, Vard Garen is still decent for ladder. I'm not sure if you want to bring it to a tournament, but um, uh, been having a decent amount of luck with 
uh, Samira Jinx. Um, and I am still dead sure there is either a Nico or a Nidalee deck that we haven't worked out. Um, and of course, um, oh, <clears throat> yeah, sorry, there's there's one other deck I have to mention. It is, in fact, a Nico deck. For some reason, it's been putting up like a 55% win rate. It's Nico, Kale, Birds. The <laughs> entire deck is Birds. And I played it for a little bit, and I'm like, I don't know how anyone wins with this. It's a Nico Kale, but it's all birds. Yes. Too bad Kale isn't a bird. No, yeah. it's just buff, <laughs> extra buff effects because yeah. they're trying. They've got the um the bird that gives quick attack, and so yeah, they're like, ah, oh, just like play bird aggro, and I'm like, this is terrible. Why? I think That's I actually so put that together at some point too, and I won like two games in a row, and then I didn't play it again. So maybe it's just cracked, and I didn't give it enough time. <laughs> I can't believe you, Moth. You could have found <laughs> you could have farmed that free Twitter clout. Come on, what are we doing here? I just um, I guess we can give Goofy another time to speak. Yeah. However, however. I guess he kind of talked about his deck that he's been playing a lot with the Pantheon deck, but do you have something else, or do you want to add some more on that? Goof? Yeah. Um, since I'm scared to play on my own account, uh, I play on my Smurf sometimes, and I try to have a little fun on that account, and I always resort back to Kane. I don't know what it is. Something about him I love. I just resort back to him every time. And I've been playing a lot of Fane Kane on there. So, that's a lot of fun. It's not the greatest, but it's fun. Uh, as long as I'm enjoying the game, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, it is a game, after all. Sometimes people forget that. Um, yeah. I guess moving on from this, um, we probably should have talked about this when we were talking about the Open, but we got news earlier this week, or I guess some non-news, that we're probably going to be on closed deck list for the foreseeable future in the Open. So, um... I know Alex is really adamant about this, so I'm going to give him a chance to speak on it. So you have the floor, Alex. Yeah, so like this is something which for a while they've been telling us that their intention is to have open deck lists in day one, and they just haven't gotten around to it. And I, I think the biggest issue with it is we can still look up people's deck lists, right? Anyone who plays competitively knows how to, at least for most people, look up their exact list from external sites. But that's also against TOS, right? Riot has come out, I believe, and said that it's against the player policy to use external sites to super scout, as the term has been created. Which kind of puts the entire thing in the situation of you can cheat and get an advantage and you almost certainly won't get caught. And I think that's a... My general thoughts on it is, you know, if they can't police it, then it should be made open. And if they can't make it open, then they should at least you know, say that people are allowed to look it up on external sites because it's going to happen anyway. Right? We all know it. Yeah. 
I, I mean, Lord Tracker is down right now, so that's gonna be. It's probably gonna be a little harder to do it, right? I assume. I assume it's gonna be a little harder to look up during when you get into um, one of your matches. You're like, oh, can't see their deck. Let's go on Lord Tracker. Oh, nope, that's down. And you have to resort to other stuff usually, I guess. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my opinion on it is um, I don't know if the listener will know this necessarily, but I come from a Magic the Gathering background, and those tournaments tend to be um, closed deck list in the um, like the Swiss rounds, and then the elimination li- uh, rounds. You would get um, everybody's deck list. So what I I, what would happen is like you would hear someone say was playing this deck, and they have a certain card in their deck from your friends that they played against them. But that was really all the super scouting, uh, if we want to use that term, that you got. I think the unfortunate problem with this being a digital game and the data being so easy to access is that, yeah, my friend might have told me they were playing that one card that they had teched, but now the person looks up the deck list and you don't have access to their deck list, they have 100% knowledge of what's in your deck and you have 0% besides what a friend might have told you because I guess that could happen in this too. Um, so it's not even like 100% closed deck list. It's just closed deck list to those people that are honest but not closed deck list to the people that are not honest is I think the big issue. That was kind of wordy, but I hope my point came across. Um, also, coming from Magic the Gathering, I'm very used to closed deck lists. Um, in the Australian competitive environment, we had, of course, a couple of larger teams who were known for their tendency to walk around all of the top tables and try and record as many of the the cards people were playing as possible. So it was that happening. Um, but um, generally, like the thing is that... I would prefer my last second uh, super text, in inverted commas, um, to be actually um, possibly not available for, to be seen rather than very clearly easily scrolled through when opponents are matching up against me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I have to like say something to that. In my opinion, that point comes up all the time, right? That you know you want to put in tech which your opponents don't know about it and you want that to be effective and it's painted as, you know, being a good deck building thing. Most of high level Runeterra is about playing it's playing around what's in your opponent's hand and you know what could be in their hand. And I think at least in Runeterra, don't know about other card games. If a card is actually a good card to put into your deck, then it shouldn't matter whether your opponent knows about it or not. Right? If I if I put in champion strength, then well, okay, a better example is Barry Denies, right? If I put in Barry Denies, then my opponent needs to play around Barry Denies. And if that's something that matters, then it's a good card to put in. And sometimes it works. I don't think it's a good deck building skill. I don't think it's, you know, player 
skill to put in a card like Bear and Ice Bear. If you don't play around it, it only works if you just are completely oblivious, right? Th that's a bit wordy, but I, I think the point have, comes across. So you're saying don't play that. Judgment. I I'm saying, like, you know, if you get blown out by main deck's Judgment, that's not... A, that's not your fault, right? You can't play the game at a high level and play around judgment in most games. So I'm, the counterpoint to that is um, you're expecting to see a lot of the mirror. You tech in one Buried in Ice. Now, you have not played the Buried in Ice at any point previously. Your opponent has no chance, no idea you would put Buried in Ice in an aggro deck. You pull out the buried and dice and win the game, just like that. And I think that's bad, right? I think that's you know that's not skill. That is, it, it, that doesn't show that you are the better player. That shows that you put in a bad card that only worked because your opponent has no idea how to no. had no idea that they needed to play around it. I think you know in the Jax Orn mirror, for example, buried and ice is a good card. Because it still forces them to play around Buried in Ice, right? They still need to be aware that if you have nine mana up, then they might be able to board wipe you. I think it's useless for us to argue a witch makes you a more skillful player. I think um, on like Maza's side of things, though, like it doesn't matter if that, like what he wants you to do, makes you makes it more skilled at the game or not. The thing is, um, in this situation, Maz is taking, uh, can take in an advantage that you don't have in close, in open deck list. Like, you wouldn't have the ability to have a secret like this. So no matter if it makes you a more skillful player or not, you're taking an, an advantage that you don't have normally. And when it comes down to it, if you're in a tournament... You're worried about winning, not proving that you're better than the other player, right? So, like, you should definitely be doing these things if you can get an advantage out of it in tournaments like this. But I'm not saying it's, like, the only thing you should do, too, if that makes sense. I mean, I think, like, yeah, to, to be clear, I'm not saying that you shouldn't put in deck text. You should put in one-ofs that will blow your opponents out. I love doing it. I, it it's just... You just don't like people not having clear information if some other people it's... are going to... If it was, like, actual closed deck list, I feel like you wouldn't have as much problem with it. But the fact that other people can look and other people want is, like, the biggest issue. That, and also, you know, I think there's a difference between what you should do, because winning is what you should be trying to do, and what the company should allow us to do, what the TOs should allow us to do, right? That's, like, I... I don't yeah. think that putting in one ofs that are going to blow your opponent out should be a thing. But I think you should do it because it is loud. Right. Mm, anything yeah. else to add, Mas? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. That's 100% very much a Magic the Gathering thing. We always put in one ofs on the grounds that there are certain corner cases where you draw this card and the game is over. And it's like, that is a good deck building thing. That makes you a better deck builder. And so that's very much how we come from there. So I can see that there's a different way of seeing this, but 
from my point of view, it always makes you a better player. So we're just going to have to disagree on that one. That's okay. Wait, were you going to say something? Uh, so my thought, it honestly kind of ends up falling in the middle of like, on one hand, I think entirely that uh, like open deck list is, it feels better to play into. Like, it feels good knowing, okay, I tried playing this game out to the best of my abilities with all the information that my opponent could have, or of what my opponent has. Therefore, the result is the result. I can't feel bad about it. At the same time, I feel like with closed deck lists, there is a lot of skill to being able to take all the information that your opponent has been giving to you all throughout a game and saying, why would they play... Or And taking that calculated risk of, okay, are they playing this, this single card in this deck? And if so, one, why are they doing that? And two, like, how does that win them this game? And I think it's always worthwhile to... And, and I do... I guess, like, the way, what I'm trying to say is... I love open deck lists. That is my preference. But I think there is a certain skill to closed deck lists. And I think it's very important to be able to hone that skill and be able to show that in a tournament setting. Yeah, what you're going to find through, uh, throughout us doing this podcast is that me and Wait never have strong opinions about hardly anything. We're always in the middle like this, and we're probably terrible <laughs> podcasters. Um, yes, yes. But Goofy, do you have any like closing thoughts about this since you haven't spoken? Um, so I have no card game, other card game experience. Um, so this is all I know, right? This is my first card game. Um, I didn't start playing competitive on Rintera not too long ago. Um, I think at the time there was closed deck list. I'm not sure. Um, but I think, like Wait said, that there is some skill um, to closed deck list. Um, and again, I, I'm in. The, I'm for me. I'm in the middle because I don't. I don't know. I'm just looking at Twitter and telling people like, "Oh, we need open open deck list because you know they just all the rants and whatnot." Um, and I, I personally think that open deck list would be better because um, I would like to see what my opponents have in their deck and be able to play around it instead of sitting there guessing and then getting screwed over. Um, but yeah, that's my thought process. I'm in the middle, but I'd rather have open open deck list for sure. Okay. Um, anybody else got any closing thoughts on this subject before we move into anything else? All right, I'm going to take that silent reaction <laughs> as a no. Um, so our next and final topic is probably what most of us, besides um, Maz, because he's not playing this time, I've been freaking out about tonight, and that's Aegis. So um, all of us is playing Aegis except for Maz, but he has experience in it, so he'll definitely be able to chime in here or there. Um, but how is Aegis going for you, Alex, and what are your plans for this week? So... For those who for those who aren't familiar with Aegis, um, Aegis is a team tournament. You play on teams of three, and one of the important things is some some weeks you get 
to sorry let me just clarify the way it works is each person on the team needs to beat one other person so you have a total of three matches whoever wins two whichever team wins two of the matches wins the entire set and this week is the week that we're second pick on both of our matches so our opponents get to choose who they want to play into and get to choose the best matchup which makes it very awkward this week because you know as I said i'm very good at control i'm really bad at other options and right now there's some very strong anti-control decks i've kind of landed on just bringing control and trying to guild if the bad matchups but yeah it's definitely been a lot of panicking because i expect to be counterpicked and have you know 40 percent matchups across the board at best yeah the unfortunate thing about getting double second picked um is you're go- somebody's gonna have a bad matchup on your team and you just hope that it's not you yeah, and, and I'm kind of accepting that it will be me. I'm, I guess I should say I'm bring, I'm going to bring Karma, Jin, and probably Fizz. I considered Heimer Jace, but I think Fizz is good enough to just slap it in there and run it as the third deck. But, You'll get there. You're Alex, bro. That like a, I, I've won bad matchups before. You know, it's yeah. No, no matchup in. Runeterra is actually impossible to win. Even exactly. like Karma into Jin, I've won it. It's just really difficult. I heard you carried a whole team to the top cut last season anyway, so <laughs> you should do alright. <laughs> um, so, Goofy, what are you looking at this week? Um, so, I'm not playing this week. Um, okay. I was going to, but then I decided not to. Um, I was going to bring of course, Sam Panth. Um, Mono Fizz and Evelyn Diana. Uh, that's where my picks. Um, our team has double first pick this week, so that's great. Um, I believe in my team to just pull those out, those wins out. Uh, first week we, uh, each one of us won one and lost one. So, um, and then we lost in the collab, sadly. Uh, we we're supposed to win that, but we didn't. But it's whatever. Anyway, yeah. Um, I was gonna bring. Um, I was gonna bring Sam Panth, Mono Fizz, and Eve Diana. Um, but I'm not playing this week anymore. So. Okay. Um. So. Y'all should do fine though. You're a strong team. Y'all did well last season. And speaking of teams, I probably should have mentioned who was on what team this season. So. Yeah. That goof. Would- yeah, Goofy is on Big Fish Game in Marlin. Um, he was also on that team last ages, so if you're familiar with them making the top cut, um, that would be him still. Um, Alexander is on Big Fish Gaming Piranha. Um, he was on Big Fish Gaming with Bass last season with me, Shiro, and Maz, uh, but we've switched things around a bit. Wait is also on Big Fish Gaming Piranha. And I'm actually on our collab team we did with uh, TKG. That is um, me, Shiro again, 
and General Swartz and Spider Mansion, and that team is called Big Keg Gaming. So it's like a high, it's like a mix of the two teams' names. You know, very clever. We're very smart over here at Big Keg Keg Gaming. <laughs> and uh, with all that being said, Wade, if you want to talk about um, what you're planning to do this week, uh, so just based off of what I'm seeing, how I'm seeing the meta kind of unfold. I've been going back and forth. Well, I have two things locked in. Gonna play Aatrox, and I'm gonna play Swain. After those, I've been kind of going back and forth on oh, maybe I go Ash LeBlanc. Maybe I go Teemo. No, maybe I look at something else. No, nothing else is good. So, I've been constantly tossing back and forth the third deck kind of issue just because of the way that I mean, this league works. I mean, you can only there's only, on every team, you can only have two of the same champions and two of the same deck regions. So, like, say Alex and Rebby or Dalton were to bring like, Fizz. Fizz Targon. Then I'm completely locked out of Fizz and I can't play uh, Bilgewater Targon. Mind you, some weeks that isn't an issue. It's just, every week is different. And especially for me, since I didn't play week one, I'm hoping I can actually do good and actually make it out of groups for one time in my life. So... <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's rough out there at Aegis. It's um, so many good teams that you're kind of just crossing your fingers sometimes to make it out of groups. Um, I mean, so, honestly, yeah. every single team is every single team nowadays is a full is full of masters levels players, and every single one of them is a good pilot. Like, I don't think that there's anyone out there that you look on, especially this season compared to, like, the very first one, I was scrolling down the list of every single team, and it's like, oh, I recognize, like, all of these guys. Or, I recognize three out of four of these guys. So if that, so if I can recognize three of them, that must mean this fourth guy's pretty cracked, too. Mm-hmm. I think also, like, the amount of prep that people are putting into the lineups is a lot higher, right? I think in even last season, there were some teams that were known they didn't prep much. They didn't scout what their opponents were playing and just kind of brought what they felt like, brought some joke lineups sometimes. And I think this season, people are taking it a lot more seriously. People are, I mean, I know we've spent a lot of time going through our opponents' profiles saying, okay, here's... They've been playing these decks lately. How do we build a lineup? How do we build a how do we build three lineups to beat them? And I think that's I know like Tron actually took a game off of uh the European team, BBBSSS, I don't know how to pronounce it. And they said that it was because they knew exactly what their opponents were bringing and brought the perfect counter lineup. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and on top of that, like I feel like with the meta how it is right now, you have less room to be a little goofy with your lineup, so you're kind of yeah. forced into the siren song mess. Um, either 
being good against it or playing it. So you have a little less room to be a little goofy. Um, but um, as far as what I'm doing this this week in Aegis is we have double first, uh, yeah, double first pick. So the strategy is to for two people to play the same lineup. So the you um, pick your not matching lineup into the other team, so then they don't really get a choice. You know, rule of five head play. So our original thought is to just bring a bunch of Siren Song decks, but we thought that was a little too obvious, and we thought we might get hard countered if we did that, which might us might be us being too five head, but we'll see. We'll, we'll sorry, we'll either look really stupid or we'll look really smart. So what we uh, end up. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> um, so what we ended up doing is me and Shiro are going to play Swain Alawi, um, Jax Orn, and we are sticking with Fizz in our lineup just because it's so good to just have like kind of decent matchups across the board is kind of the idea and have decks that can um, just have game, anything, anything we play against because we didn't want to just bring two Siren Song lineups and get stopped, you know. So that's what we're looking at. Um, anybody else got anything to add about Aegis? Yeah, uh, I'm Hash's hero. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm, this is my second year. Uh, first year was fun. I think this year I'm like doing a lot more scouting, uh, which is really fun, actually, to be honest with you. Makes it a lot more fun, for sure. Uh, just want to add that in there. Really enjoying it. So, it's, it's also worth mentioning. Uh, two of the sets are individual. There's a third collab set, which is we always forget about it. You know. Yeah, I think honestly, BFG as a whole is kinda. I don't think we've done well historically in collab sets. What do you mean? We got in the play-ins last time, both of us, right? Yeah, but did we win a single collab set? We might have won one. Um, I, I, I think we like just two. we Did won you? a few. Okay, I, I, think. I didn't. I think we did. I, right. I thought we had done. Okay, I guess I'm just terrible at collab sets, so ignore me. Yeah, we just make me play Echo Jinx and like hope I win. Oh yeah, you, oh yeah, we did do that. Yeah, and you were unfair what you did to them. Now I remember. <laughs> I just remember our last collab set last season against Red Pup Gaming. Uh. We got absolutely high rolled by them net drawing Chrono Break in Echo Jinx, and they just absolutely ruined us. And I'm like, because we were thinking, we're like, okay, you know, as long as they don't have Chrono Break right now, and they haven't predicted at all, they haven't done anything to like fix the deck to get a Chrono Break in hand, we should be fine. We should be able to stabilize. We should be able to win the game, like, slowly but surely after that. Sure enough, top decks Chrono Break, and I'm like, all right, well, uh, I'm just going to, we're just going to quit this game. We are, uh, it was a good season. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody has a bad beats Chrono Break story, besides me, because I'm the one that does them. But... And I'm sure you have stories where you don't draw Chrono Breaks. That counts, right? I don't. I just I erase those from my memory. You know, he just has uh, he just has uh, trauma from Caustic Rift and uh, Judgment now. That's true. 
the entire reason why you bring um, that deck is just so that you can sit there and be like, so I drew Kodo Break. How do you feel about that? And your opponent's like, stuff off. Yeah, it's a it's a mental advantage deck, you know. I feel like you constantly have to remind yourself that Chrono Break's a card too. Are you able to skip this stuff? Because like it's such a like not normal thing that they're doing. So it's just like I need to remember not to make this obvious block because they're just gonna bring it back and it's not as good as it looks on the surface, yeah. you know. I'll tell you one of the things that made me go off of Jaceheimer was playing into that deck and realizing that not having obliterate anymore just ruins that matchup completely that used to be not bad because hexbliterator would you know easily take care of one of their units and obliterate yeah. you know you take out their echo and they can't revive him anymore and that's kind of game I think that was one of the mo- more interesting matchups, honestly, like yeah. between on both sides. But yeah, yeah, sadly, bugs. Hexbliterate, hexbliterate, got hexbliterated. You know, yeah. same th- same thing for Karma. Karma's still playable into that deck because you have enough stuns and recalls, which still prevent revives. But losing Hexbliterator again just means mm-hmm. you don't have that permanent end to one of their units. Wait, have you been waiting to talk? Uh, no, I am. Oh, uh, I just I, okay. Sorry, yeah, I, I just it's thought you were chiming in. My bad. No, it's um, all good. I guess we can bring things to a close here, unless anybody else has anything to add at the buzzer. Okay, seems like not. Uh, so this is the first edition of the Big Fish Gaming Podcast. We're going to start doing this fairly often. Um, so. Be sure to subscribe or whatever you do to podcast. Um, thanks for listening. And if you ever want to be on the show, shoot me a DM. We might could work it out. Um, but I think that's it for us. So until next time.